Hi everyone, um, welcome to the Joyful Balance podcast. Make yourself comfortable. Um, we're going to take you on a really exciting journey of your brain, mind and body. We're going to provide the human element to understanding the relationship between all of these three elements and we'll share our personal experiences and guidance to enable you to feel less alone um, on your journey towards a healthier relationship with yourself and others. So I'm your host, Mira. Uh, I'm a nutritionist with a special interest in brain health. I've got my lovely co-host here, Denise, um, who's a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist. And we've got an amazing guest here today, Andrea. And I'm going to let Denise take it away and in introduce Andrea. And we're going to get straight into the podcast. Welcome, Andrea. So before we let her speak, let me introduce you a little bit to Andrea. She's a NASM certified personal trainer and a precision nutrition one coach and mindfulness practitioner. And she has a strong interest in, in counseling and coaching clients. She has worked with clients from all over the world. Uh, she's done it online and in person. So, wow, before COVID, remember those times? And she's helped people lose weight, gain muscle, improve their fitness level. And most recently, she's become a mother of twins. So now she knows firsthand. If, I mean, I'm sure she knew before, but now even more so, she knows firsthand what it means to be very challenged on time and how it is to, you know, try to get back into shape after giving birth. So she will talk all of those things with us today. So thank you, Andrea, for joining us. Thank you so much, Denise and Mira. It's an absolute pleasure and really an honor to, to be your first guest. So thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, that's true. She is our first guest, guys. Whoop. Yay. yay. <laughs> um, so we have a few questions in a true um, Joyful Balance podcast fashion. And I will just ask the first one. Okay. How do you find or get, achieve <laughs> your motivation now that you have twins? Yeah, I mean, um, to answer this as quickly and as briefly as possible, um, I would say that I don't rely on motivation at all because a motivation like a muscle, it, uh, you know, it's strong for a while, but then if it's really, if you're just, this is the one thing that you rely on, it will loosen its <laughs> grip on you. So what I try and do is create the support and like an environment where I'm less tempted by the things that I don't want to do. And mm -hmm. I create habits of things that I really want to do and that bring me joy. So I know exercising brings me joy and makes me feel really good and happy. And I know that I feel really good physically, mentally when I eat well. Mm -hmm. So I just create a system where I make that possible, even now with twins, as much as I can. <laughs> How old are your twins, Andrea? They're soon to be nine months old. Wow, that's kind of like my favorite age, actually. They, they just sort of like put on a bit of weight and then they're, you know, kind of moving around and yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. They're very active. They started moving around everywhere and uh, babbling and uh, they're very attached. So it's a lot of, uh, they need a lot of attention. You can't do much when, you know, when they're awake and their routine takes up a lot of my time as a parent. I'm sure every parent knows this already. Or, you know, if you spend a lot of time with kids, you know how, uh, yeah, how much energy they have. Mm. for sure yeah so when do you tend to do um your like your kind of exercise and, and take that time for yourself yes that's a very good question Mira so 
um, at first, what I did in the first few months, because it was, I had a C-section. So again, depending on the type of birth, you, you want to consult with your gynecologist, with your doctor before doing any type of exercise to make sure, you know, that you're in a good health to do so. So as a PT, I would first and foremost advise all my, all my female clients to do this after birth um, to make sure, you know, everything's okay. Maybe they need an extra surgery in case you have natural birth or even with C-section, some things can go wrong. You may need additional recuperation time. So um, first and foremost, make sure that you are ready to exercise. Me personally, um, I felt really good in about two months after my, um, um, after the birth. Um, before that, yeah, I just took it really easy. I was really gentle on myself and trying to get as much sleep as possible. Sleep is, you know, my number one priority still, <laughs> um, but it's gotten much better now. And what I do to exercise, I walk, which is something that I can do with the stroller. It doesn't like, I don't need my partner's help. I don't need a nanny and my babies really enjoy it. And I'm sure, you know, if you had kids, they really enjoy outdoor times, most of them. So I try and do at least like one hour, one hour and a half every day now, mm -hmm. because it's summer, it could be two hours, two hours and a half that we're out and about. So that's like 10K that I do every day. Um, I also signed up for the Frankfurt Marathon. So the marathon that's here locally. And I um, enrolled in a program um, where I run three times a week. Sometimes with a stroller, I have a stroller for like jogging, especially um, sometimes by myself. So again, it's trying to incorporate things that I can do with the babies, right? So like walking and running um, um, and, and yeah, things that I can do by myself when they're asleep. So in the evening, because I want to unwind, I do some yoga or some stretching exercises and I find that really helpful. Pelvic floor exercises have been really helpful for me. Thankfully, I didn't have a, real, a prolapse or anything like that after the birth. So I felt really good, especially core exercises. Um, and yeah, I think for now, that's about it. I don't feel like lifting weights just because I'm lifting, you know, eight, nine I was going to say, you've got like two like, perfect weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have the perfect weights and I lift them up every day and I hold them in my arms for quite prolonged periods of time. So for some reason, I don't feel like going to the gym yet. But as soon as I, I feel like doing so, I'll maybe try and do that in the evening again, you know, because they tend to sleep quite early now. They, they sleep around 7, 7.30 p.m. So I do have that time in the evening that I can, you know, do things for myself. Got it. So that leads me into very nicely into my next question, because when, when Mira and I were talking about you having, having you on this uh, episode, we were just thinking what would be very, you know, um, useful for those, uh, those of us, uh, those of you listening to us. And we said, well, not, not everybody likes exercise. And sometimes people get intimidated by exercise and yes. they think, oh my God, I have to go to the gym and I have to do this and I have to get a personal trainer and I have to do all crazy things. So what do you normally say to people who are maybe intimidated of starting? How would you, uh, how would you advise them to yeah, to get into exercise if they've not been one of those people. Yeah, no, that's a very, again, it's a very good question, a very pertinent one, especially because I think when most people think of exercise, they think, oh, gym, and it's mm -hmm. hard exercises. It has to be strenuous, right? Mm -hmm. I have to hate it because if I like it, it means I'm not doing something right. I'm not pushing myself to my limits because, you know, with the hustle culture, it's like you have to always push yourself and do more and be more and whatever, which is, yeah, again, at Livid, which is the coaching company, 
that I created, um, um, it's it's not the, it's not something that we endorse because simply you won't be able to sustain that for long term. Because if you're not going to enjoy it, you're going to find every excuse to not do it, and that's what I think most people do. They intrinsically want to exercise because they want to feel good. That's the underlying motivation, right? They want to feel good. They want to look good because that will get you know them feel admired and they will get attention from other people but then their way of going about it is maybe not the best way <laughs> and uh, to to answer your question um denise is try and find something that you really enjoy like when i coach my clients i always ask them what is it that you really enjoy okay you don't enjoy exercises but then you really enjoy dancing dancing is also an exercise you're not thinking of it as an exercise but it actually is so if you join like a samba class and you dance once or twice once a week maybe it's too little but two times or three times a week is something you can do and again walking you know you don't think of it as an exercise but if you do it over a period of time consistently and you pair that with good nutrition and good habits you're gonna lose weight guaranteed and a lot of people have and in my case I have as well you know after after birth I have lost weight with just like I said walking I didn't do any gym yes I do spend a lot of energy with the little ones but what I do every day is walk, you know, and, and that's helped me lose weight. So it's a form of exercise. It's something you can do on your own. You don't need a, um, like a PT, especially, of course, with a PT, you can achieve in a short period of time, like a shorter period of time, those results, mm -hmm. because not everyone has two hours a day to walk. So I completely understand that. It's like for some, per some people in my work better to go to the gym I personally really enjoy lifting weights and going to the gym I, I like to go somewhere and exercise but I, again I know that's not for everyone um, I also like diversity so it's, it's really like looking inward and thinking of it like a personal journey what is it that I enjoy how can I um, you know find the time to do more of that because that's what mm -hmm. it is at the end of the day you know if you really enjoy dancing okay how do I, you know, create a habit of like dancing a few times a week? Maybe I invite friends over, maybe I go to parties. And then the amazing thing is then, you know, you, you are consistent and you get to see the results that motivates you. And it's like a circle of good things that kind of feeds itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting, this idea of, um, you know, the hustle culture. I hadn't, I think you were like, I, th I just wanted to touch on that like really quick because I think, I think it's actually a really interesting point. Um, about this you know yeah you've got this hustle culture you constantly need to be doing more doing better push 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 and I've, I've definitely done PT sessions before where like I'm not a very sounds so random but I'm not a very sweaty person right and the PT would like almost get annoyed that I wasn't sweating enough and he was convinced that I'm not working out enough and so he would push me harder to the point where I almost fainted and it's oh, like wow. yeah and it's I, th I think that's a really interesting point about uh, trying to kind of understanding that that's the landscape of, of the way that exercise is pitched at the moment but that doesn't mean that you have to train like that exactly you're absolutely right Mira and, and yeah and unfortunately you had that experience probably put a damp on you and not all PTs are like that and yeah just to let people know as well because I had friends and, and you know acquaintances and people told me that yeah I went to this PT and you know he gave me this super hard workout and I couldn't do it and I felt terrible so I didn't go again yeah he was a lovely guy um, but it, yeah and I, and I don't think I'm, I'm definitely not saying like you know all PTs like that and you're right to to point that out and uh but I think this yeah I think this idea of hustle culture is a, a really really interesting one and definitely one to explore I think Denise at some point a little bit more and probably will come out in this podcast a little bit more. Yeah.
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I, re I resonate with what both of you said. And I, yeah, for me, exercise has been a very, for a very long time, had been this, you have to do it and it has to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I think at some point liberation was achieved for me because I was like, ah, I actually have to enjoy it. I actually have to like it because then I will do it every day because then it's not a chore. And now as soon as exercise turns into a chore for me, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because I, I'm, you know, I repose chores <laughs> yeah exactly think of like when you have to do your homework as a kid you you like you almost find any excuse not to do it so uh same with exercise like you have to really enjoy it with hustle culture yeah they you know these these ideas are being pushed around like oh if you work hard then you're gonna get ahead of but at the end of the day with fitness and nutrition it's a battle against yourself where it's like i say a journey of self-discovery like what works for me uh what body type is it that I'm most happy at? It's not the same for everybody. Not everyone wants to be a size zero or, you know, size 10 or whatever. Not everyone wants to be super fit and super bulky. That takes a lot of work and not everyone is willing to do that work. So again, it's, it's what works for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just wondering who are, like, if you, if you had the ideal client knocking on your door every day, who would that be? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> definitely one that's really motivated that wants to make a difference in their life that's really sad like I find a lot of clients are used to um, you know hard workouts and you know kind of expect that as well and um, or come unmotivated not sure what they want and I've had those as well and the one throughout our sessions we come to discover oh I'm really happy about it I actually love exercising I just their mindset changes mm. um of course now as a mom i have the like first-hand experience of okay we're losing weight postpartum training while pregnant um you know like you said at the beginning of the podcast like finding ways to maximize your time for yourself so uh, to exercise and now i have the experience of that so it will be extremely helpful for me to you know work with clients who have these issues because i'll be able to give them more creative ways and work together to find creative ways to to get to their goals essentially mm. and what do you think it's a realistic goal in terms of you know going on this journey of bettering your life through the lens of exercise again it depends on you know on on everyone's um personal circumstances and what they're willing to invest in this um like i said some people are, are really motivated they really want to give it their all they really said like yes i want to change my life yes i want to change my habits i will do whatever it takes you know those people have really set their their mind like this is no longer working out for me i'm no longer happy where i am i'm willing to make these changes and i'm open to the ideas and you know to new new ways of doing things um, and those people can achieve results uh, really fast and long term and be able to sustain them um, for some people it takes a bit of self-discovery you know i'm not sure what exercises um, i want to do i'm not sure i like you know working out. i'm not sure um, how to eat how to cook so it might take longer for this type of people to to get to their point um, and discover what is it actually that they want to achieve in fitness. And um, again, we um, in my sessions, we always start with the goal, like, okay, I want to lose this weight or I want to gain this, you know, much muscle mass by this time. And we do it, you know, 
quick set of nutrition plan, like this is how we're gonna achieve this, but be open-minded, this will change. It's a journey of discovery. So we will work, um, you know, every couple of weeks, we do a check-in session and we see how is it that you're doing? How are you feeling? Uh, is it working out for you? Do we need to change your macros? Um, you know, maybe you're eating too much or too little. Mm -hmm. So again, it depends. You have to be flexible. Like our lives aren't like a perfect routine. Things happen, kids. So, you know, it's important to be kind of flexible as well, but at the same time, have that goal in mind. Like this is what I want to achieve and have the strategy to be able to navigate that mm -hmm. given what, what hap whatever happens in your life mm -hmm. in a way. Got it, got it. I think I would like to stay on this topic a little bit longer. As a, a, sure. Something else popped into mind is that I think nowadays it seems almost imperative that everybody has a goal and almost <laughs> like you have to be this, you know, type of horse that you just see that goal in sight. But yeah, yeah. life's not like that. And yeah. I just wanted to maybe, you know, it's not so much as a question, more as a, as a discussion. How do you see goal setting? Because for me, as you say, it needs to be quite flexible. I mean, but I, I struggle with the, with the types of goals that are more rigid because I feel like it's in a way, what I'm trying to say is, for example, you want to lose weight and you go onto one of these fantastic fad diets, which I do not endorse. And you guys know that I, I, I so don't like diets at all, but um, they go into the you know, program, air quotation yeah. marks here, guys. And it's like, oh, I have to lose weight by X month and it has to do XXX and YYY in order to get to that point. But it becomes very rigid and it's almost like an all or nothing thinking that I, yeah, it's obviously not recommended in, in therapy and in life. So how, how should people look at goals? I think that's maybe the questions. Yeah, Mira, do you want to say something? Oh, no, I will, you go first and then I'll, I'll chip in afterwards. Go on, okay, go for perfect. it. Um, so I would say that, okay, it's really important to think of this thing. When two teams are competing, right, say like in a football match, they both have the same goal. They both want to win, but the goal doesn't guarantee success. So again, I, the goal doesn't guarantee success. Mm. So what you want to focus on and what you want to work on is your system, not your goal. Because your goal is the result. But actually what will get you there is your system of habits. And that's really important, right? So what will get you those minus 10 kilos, um, 20 pounds down is your system. You're working out every day or you know, four times a week, let's say. You're eating well 80% of the time. So you're consistent with your, with your nutrition habits, with your macros. You're getting your veggies in at every meal. You're getting your lean protein. You're getting your fruits. Um, that will guarantee your success, right? It's not the goal. The goal, like I said, it's, is the result. It's, it's what happens when everything works out well. So yes, you can be very straight and that goal will motivate you. But actually, if you don't have the system behind the, like the safety net, like, oh, if I eat a chocolate um, for breakfast or I have a cupcake as a work colleague, uh, you know, brought it in for his birthday, that's fine because I have a system where my lunch is packed full of nutrition, you know, veggies and, and protein. And I'm working out later this evening. And I'm still going to achieve my goal because I am consistent over a long period of time. 
So mm. it's it's sort of a mindset change where I'm no longer thinking, oh my God, I need to lose 10K. If I don't lose 10K, I'm a horrible person. Uh, 10 kilos, sorry. I'm a horrible person. I'm not, you know, I'm no good. And what am I doing? And like, or this sort of like mentality that, that fat diets really mm. thrive on because mm-hmm. you're gonna, you're gonna slip. <laughs> Everybody is. Because yeah. again, you see like that cupcake, like I said, and you, you know, it triggers your already formed habit of like, oh, I see a cupcake, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat it. It's, it happens so quickly, it's subconscious, you don't think about it. But then if you kind of have a system to counteract that, or, you know, to allow yourself to indulge, because, you know, again, you're consistent, you have a well-formed system, but that takes time and work and patience. And again, it's just a different mindset. It's like comparing apples to pears. It's, mm. Yeah, I hope I, that answered your question in a, in a roundabout way, let's say. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it definitely does. I, I was kind of thinking, um, I think you, you kind of touched on this idea of like, there's a difference between kind of having a goal which can be quite fixed, whether that's to, uh, you know, from a sports perspective to kind of, uh, you know, lose weight or... Um, uh, be fitter or be able to do a type of exercise faster better stronger etc but but I think and I and I really like the idea of having this like when you were talking about having a system where like actually if you if you decide to deviate from that for whatever reason for example like a celebration where there is cakes around that actually in the grand scheme of things it just doesn't matter because you know 80 percent of the time you're doing your kind of Mm-hmm. aligned with with what what it is that you're trying to achieve and I kind of thought what was also really interesting and and potentially quite a helpful way of thinking about this and it's at least the way that I try and approach um you know goal setting a little bit more now I'm talking more personally for myself it's different for my clients but it's more like how do I want to feel so like mm-hmm. actually the number that I'm trying to achieve or like the 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 way that I want to you know either look or feel whatever is immaterial it's how I want to feel um, at least that's kind of where I am in mm-hmm. in my kind of journey on like uh, you know in all aspects. So like you know, as a brain health nutritionist and as someone who's had their own mental health struggles, like I know that I want to feel happier and um, calmer and more measured, and that doesn't depend necessarily on me like mm. uh, meditating like every single day and. Um, yeah all those kinds of things and and hey look you know I'll hold my hand up like and we're not talking about exercise but I have not meditated in a few days and I know that okay it's fine it slipped because we had a long bank holiday I know that I need to get back on it and that's fine and most of the time I do meditate and I know that it's really helpful for me um yeah so I, I, I sorry it's a really roundabout way of answering this question but but or kind of providing my own thoughts but I think the idea of like approaching it more from how you want to feel rather than this uh, needing to achieve a certain number or whatever I think is perhaps a, a much gentler way of looking at, at fitness goals that's what I think anyway yeah yeah absolutely second Amira I'm, I'm the same as well on a personal note I don't look at the scale like I, now I do because um, you know I, I want to see where because I'm starting to eat again more protein like based than before so I want to see how that is going but I don't care because people look at you and they don't see a number like nobody cares, honestly. I don't. I, I think most people will tell you. They just look at you and see. Okay, are you confident? Do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel good on your own skin? And you know, do you have that joy and that vibrancy that I think everyone is looking for? So I'm. I'm the same. I'm. I'm more interested in 
okay, am I happy in my own skin? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, coming from a coming from my previous experience of uh, of weight and uh, weight gain, weight loss, um, I've gone through the motions of this, um, you know, setting your eye on the price in the sense of a number on a, on your scales, and it didn't work. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with everybody listening. It does not work, guys. <laughs> no, it doesn't, and it demotivates you. And um, yeah, something interesting I've, I've heard um, is that, um, I don't know, Mira, I can tell you more because you're a neuroscientist, but um, the, apparently the joy you get from losing one kilo is just as much from losing 10 kilos or, you know, 20 pounds. Like it, the number doesn't differ the hormones in your in your brain and the endorphins and all this dopamine again i'm not sure me if i'm using the right terminology but um they get triggered the same way if you lose you know two pounds then if you then if you lose 20 pounds there's no difference in terms of the happiness that you feel but people kind of put this stop on their happiness no i don't allow myself to be happy because i only lost two kilos i still have like whatever more to lose and it, we're yeah. kind of stopping ourselves from feeling the joy and happiness of like just being in this moment like oh i've done like a okay-ish workout yeah it didn't work out for an hour but i still did half an hour but i think most people look like oh, but i'm a failure because i didn't do it like 100 percent, or you know i didn't give it my all but actually if you put it in a more gentle perspective and think like oh i'm able to move i'm able to do maybe exercises i never thought i could do like you know do 10 push-ups or whatever um but yeah it's um it's very i think very that that's something that i've heard i, I don't know on a podcast <laughs> oh that's <laughs> really that, interesting that with me <laughs> yeah they I mean, said, like yeah i mean the happiness you feel buying a volkswagen is the same as you feel as buying a porsche actually like hormonally in the brain wow it, yeah i thought that was really interesting yeah the, the reward circuitry as we say in your brain and like that release of dopamine is is uh yeah there's no feeling i think quite like it in a way and i can totally i mean i don't i've not heard of those studies personally uh, so i can't speak to them from a neuroscience perspective but just from a personal perspective of like my experience like that makes total sense um you know and i i mean i don't suppose we I don't, we hadn't planned to touch on this sort of um discussions we don't have to have it but i think um i think it kind of leads you know into this um this kind of stripping back of like, well, what, what, what does it actually mean to kind of, oh, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna fluff this up. Uh, so apologies, Denise, for your editing purposes. But my point is like, you know, we kind of look and we see like Victoria's Secret models and think that's what I'm supposed to look like. And it's like, you know, and, and therefore that's the purpose of exercises just to, to achieve that. Mm. And it's like, we are piling the pressure on number one Number two, no disrespect, obviously, to any of those models, but it's like, that's not what like 99% of the world looks like. And that's not what you have to look like. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. the, the, the value of exercise is so far beyond like just the way that you look physically. It's also about, you know, going back to what I was saying before, it's, it's also about the way you feel. And like, you know, study after study uh, shows like how beneficial exercise is for your, your mental well-being. And I, I really like that idea of that positive reinforcement where like you kind of, you're, you're exercising, you start to feel better, uh, you know, mentally and, and perform better physically. And as a result, you're kind of like spurred to keep going. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and to come back to your um, previous question, Denise, on goals, actually, I found out 
personally, as well as working with my clients, that setting a goal of, like in my case, it was, you know, running, um, preparing to run for the marathon. My goal was to run, I don't know, was it around 20K every week? And that was my goal. Like I didn't have like an aesthetic goal. Like I want to look a certain way or lose, I don't know how many, how much weight. Um, I stuck with that much more. And like I, I ran a half a marathon already because it was really specific. My brain understood like, okay, I have to run three times a week. Uh, it's one long run a week. And I kept doing that. And of course the result was I lost weight because before I wasn't running and now I'm, I'm running, you know, my diet changed for the better. So of course the result was what I lost weight, but I didn't run for aesthetic purposes. Yeah. I ran because it made me, you know, it gave me clarity, made me feel good. And for the purpose of, you know, running a marathon in, in autumn. So again, like you said, it's, it's, it's a type of goal, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to run a marathon, but it's not aesthetic because it's also very hard. I think every, like if you look at Victoria's Secret models, first of all, they're usually white, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually really tall. Um, and so they have a, a certain body type. Mm-hmm. If you don't confirm with that body type genetically, you're going to look different even with that weight. Mm-hmm. And you might not be happy about that. So it's, I think it goes beyond weight or it's like um, realizing that it is very commercial and it's not for everyone and Mm. it's not gonna make you happy in the end I doubt those girls are you know extremely happy because of the way they look because I know personally from attending fashion shows you know it's a lot of work and it's it's yeah it's not for everyone definitely Mm. it's definitely not for everyone and um it's also the um, uh, yeah, as, as you say, the genetics of it. And what I also wanted to point out is that, you know, the 90s, the early 2000s, it was all about that particularly skinny, skinny, skinny Victoria or whatever else uh, fashion show was mm-hmm. out there. And now maybe in the recent years, it turned into more of this um, um, renaissance shape, I would like to call it, where you're- Yeah, lower, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where your lower <laughs> half is, you know, plumpier than your upper part and people tend to go down the route of that is the you know that that's what beauty looks like and that's how I should be as a woman that's the curves that I need to have and again genetically not everybody has those not everybody's an hourglass shape and yes you can you can you know improve your muscles and you can tonify them and you can lose the weight if you desire to do so but at the end of the day too if your body shape is not that you are you know you're chasing your own tail because you will never have that type of shape you know naturally unless you go down the route of, of plastic surgery and that's another completely different subject but what I wanted to say is that sometimes goals are super unrealistic super unrealistic because of this commercialization of what a woman's body should look like because oh, we don't absolutely. have it we don't have it to the same extent with a man's body it's like it's acceptable to have a you know dad bod and uh, have a belly after the age of 35 but god forbid you're a woman you have a belly oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's so true so yeah i don't want to go too much into this subject that would be for another conversation it's just yeah guys set up realistic goals and try not to set them up because of aesthetics that's i think totally yeah, and- yeah because it changes like you said in the 90s was really skinny and then now it's uh, big bumps and who knows what's going to come next and it's as well with plastic surgery it's uh, it's uh, the game has changed forever now i think <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah anyways coming back to our type of uh, um 
we have a saying in Romanian that doesn't really translate into any other language that I speak, which basically in English would translate coming back to our sheep. <laughs> but yeah. it, it doesn't really mean anything. So <laughs> how many languages do you speak? Four. Oh my God. I barely speak one. Oh, I'm sure you speak more than one. Come on. No, genuinely, I don't. I don't. With your family, you don't. I know. Well, no, no. Um, I grew up um speaking English. My, my, so I'm Indian by background, Andrea. And uh my mum, who Janice has actually met. Um oh, lovely lady. Yeah, well, when she's shouting at me, I understand what she's saying in Hindi and Punjabi like perfectly. <laughs> but other than that, like my yeah, terrible, absolutely terrible. Anyway, sorry. Carry yeah, on. no, no worries. The, the the way of saying that saying is that basically <laughs> let's come back to our subject, but it says let's come back to our sheep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Anyways, the, I have one one more question for you, Andrea, and that is about uh, food. So we touched upon it a few times. You you. You mentioned that you are now uh, looking a little bit more closely at your uh, intake of protein. And Mm -hmm. I know you have been vegetarian for a very long time. So could you tell us how do you ensure for yourself that you eat for your brain and body health? Yes. So uh, again, I'm I'm flexitarian. So I eat um, fish as well and meat uh, sometimes. But yeah, I've been a vegetarian for... 10 years prior to that um well again um, for me what helps me a lot especially now as a parent is preparing my meals in advance so um we shop once a week twice a week and i i know like okay um, these are my lean proteins i get some some soy some tempeh some tofu um i get beans and legumes i get you know chicken some fish turkey um and kind of make sure I have a main source of protein every day for breakfast I have you know cottage cheese or um, Greek yogurt or like again it's very diverse I always have a salad for lunch either on its own or with you know with a source of protein like fish or um, soy Um, um, yeah I make big chunks of of food so (laughs) so I then have enough for for a few days so like soup like lentil soup would be one of them um yeah or fish uh, or chicken i can make chicken breast and have that in the in you know in the freezer for a few days and then with with rice or with uh, veggies on you know in mm-hmm. the pan mm-hmm. and i can just reheat it for lunch and eat it and i'm good to go i think that's that kind of my strategy at the moment for survival in general <laughs> totally it's a great and strategy then, yeah. yeah and then if, if if that doesn't work i fall back on like uh, some simple sandwiches um that I can make on my own, or I, I have a few restaurants I can order like healthier food from, like uh, Greek restaurants, some Italian, Indian as well. I really love. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's pretty much about my nutrition. Again, it depends on on your needs, goals, and obviously, if you're a vegetarian, then you have less sources of protein, but also you can incorporate more veggies, more fruits, perhaps than like your you know your your everyday person um, depends where you are in the world. So I worked with clients who are in the city who are working like, you know, city jobs where again, you're really time poor, you, you know, don't have time, but then you have services like HelloFresh, you have other services that can, you know, um, help you out with cooking or serving you prepared meals. Cause it's important to have, I think meals that are as whole and nutritious as possible and avoid processed foods, no matter what everyone says, like it's nutritionally complete. If it's processed, it's, probably not as good as something that is not processed (laughs) 
just because yeah, yeah na- na- nature knows best that's what I always say and that's personally like what I found works best for me like again I'm, I'm speaking purely from um, personal experience and what has worked for me in the past and um, for my clients mm. thank you yeah we yeah thank you well you, you know you touched on a lot of important things that we talk about uh, you know when it comes to brain health about you know thinking about variety uh, good sort of quality sources of protein leaning on uh, mostly vegetarian sources of protein but having a little bit of meat and and certainly fish every day like these are all principles yeah. of the Mediterranean diet which study after study again has shown has been so beneficial for, for brain health and I can yeah I totally I totally get it and it's great that you've you know I think what's really really great and really interesting um, is even when you know you're really time poor which we you know with twins absolutely and if you're working in the city like it doesn't have to be a perfect choice you can mm. kind of make compromise like kind of compromises but still have a healthy choice yes. it doesn't have do you know what I mean like and I really totally. like that because yeah you know because then it adds a little bit of flexibility that means that you you know there's none of the guilt yeah yeah absolutely um as we're coming to a close um if you were to share any words of wisdom with us, the two, the two of us, or with, uh, with the, the audience at large, anything that comes to mind, what would you, what would you share? Wow, you really put me on the spot, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so yeah, mom, um, I would say, first and foremost, really invest in yourself. Um, and what I mean by that is do whatever courses that interest you, um, really do some self-discovery find out what you really like what you you know really enjoy in terms of exercise in terms of um leisure you know passions hobbies that you have um i think that pays out well in the long term and uh, create a system that works for you um studies have shown that no matter um how motivated you are being in the wrong environment with the wrong people would demotivate you and your goals will not be achieved so in you know invest in yourself and and um, find the people they resonate with create a system that really works for you and and that will ensure you have the best chance of achieving your goal so really really give yourself the best chance of of doing so and it's hard work I mean it's not easy (laughs) but it pays dividends because time passes regardless of you investing in yourself or not regardless of you looking after yourself or not so when I do it you know work with the coach work with the nutritionist work with the PT do that because it will pay dividends for you in the future. One hundred percent. I yeah, I'm absolutely with, with you on that. And I I remember um, I can't remember where it was from. So I'm I'm not trying to plagiarize anybody, but there was a, there was something about uh, taking a step every day for three hundred and sixty five days. You will be three hundred and sixty five. <laughs> more steps ahead (laughs) so it's just you have even if it is something very small you just have to keep on going and yeah invest as as andrea said invest in yourself i think that's yeah great words great advice yeah thank you and therapy can really help for sure i mean if you if you're a bit lost and you need someone some some like um perhaps more objective advice which maybe not you know not everyone is open-minded or not everyone has the support system perhaps to you know to be able to fall back on a therapist can really help with that so that's again something i really recommend 
Yes, yes. I think in this forum, we all recommend that very much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. Speaking again from personal experience, it, it really has worked wonders. Yes, Amazing. yes. That, that's what I. That's what I meant. It's not just a shameful plug for each of our. <laughs> no, professors. no, no. It's, no. it's <laughs> actually it did work, guys. It did work. <laughs> we were no because I mean what we're saying is you know choose whatever therapist coach works for you, but do do take that time and invest in yourself because yeah. I think yeah, 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 I really that like that. All of us can speak from from experience that uh, yeah, it, it has changed our lives. Absolutely, yeah. I think if we were to have this conversation two years ago, we would have been completely different people. Yeah. Oh, no, totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you so much, Andrea, and thank you for your words of wisdom. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Mira. No, oh, thank you. It was a real pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. And I'm sure we will see you and hear you again. And for you guys out there listening to us, thank you for tuning in and uh, give us a follow, show us some love, ring the notification bell. And yes, we need that. We're still at the beginning, guys. Um, you, can, you can find us on, on all of the platforms that you can see down below. So we look forward to, um, yeah, entertain you next time and give you some more information. Perfect. Take care, guys. Perfect. Thank you. Take care.